Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxly. Now, Taxly offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxly show you the importance of becoming a world agent. Visit Taxly.com to learn more. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the front office news. Now, JT Smith, editor-in-chief of the front office news. All right, fellas, let's jump right into it and recap the Houston game. The Bearcats fall to Houston 59-72 at Fifth Third Arena. JT, thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Uh, mixed, mixed bag, man. I feel like they could have could, could not turned the ball over as much, I think. They would have had a chance to shock them, man. And it just against a team like Houston, you can't have – your best players not have their best games or solid games. And it was a perfect storm. Like they, they were battling in the first half, but they didn't have like juice didn't have the game. I expected them to have against Houston. And then JD can't, didn't come off the bench, you know, after scoring 22, then you had two points, you know? So it, it was a rough game. Nolly started off hot and then he went missing in the second half. That didn't help. Vic uh, didn't have a good first half, but then he played very aggressive in the second half. I thought the person that was the steady Eddie uh, of the group was Mike Adams Woods. Like he was yeah. the one, you know, brought it both halves. I like what Dan Skilling done, did in the first half. I think West probably should have went to him a little bit more in the second. Um, I thought he changed the game with his like athleticism. Like he was just as athletic or more athletic than Houston players. And he, he, he got them so many more offensive rebounds or more opportunities that, you know, the stats might not show. And if you watch the game, you're like, yeah, that's Skilling's kid didn't shy away from, you know, the number one team in the country. So, I mean, it's some positives out there, but it's some couple negatives that you take away from that game. And they have to, you know, I talked about it, you know, as the keys, you know, they had the rebound, they won the rebounding battle, but they lost the turnover battle very bad. You know, Houston won, won a turnover 17 to seven, and they scored 26 points. The Bearcats only scored four points on their turnovers, off their turnovers. That, and that's the game right there. He was about 13, 14 points. And, you know, they outscore you 26 to 4 on the tur- in the turnover battle. It, it, JT, two things I want to touch on that you just said. I really like that Micah Adams Woods is really starting to find out where he fits for this yeah. basketball team, right? He's had some games where it's like other guys might be struggling and he really steps up and takes charge. So I'm liking what I see with that. But I want to talk about Dan Skillings. You've been high on Dan Skillings from day one. And his athleticism playing against Houston, you can see it. You know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of when Melvin Levitt first got on campus. You could see the potential. You know, Mel's so freaking athletic. Dan Skillings is so freaking athletic. And in some ways, they both mirror each other in their first years in that I don't know if they fully know what they're doing right now. Yeah, just, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and Mel was the same way until, like, you know, we get later in our career at UC, Mel really started to understand the nuances of the game, and he became the player, the great Bearcat legend that that he is. And I think Dan's in that same boat, and he'll, he'll be fine. But, JT, you've been high on Dan Skilling from day one. Oh, oh for sure, man. Like, um, not to get long-winded on that, like, you know, Dan Skilling's like, I've been watching watching and just talk to the, co- talk to the coaches. They're, they've been high on him before he even touched on campus. And then when you see him in person – you like the tape didn't lie to me. You know what I mean? And he's going to get more comfortable. 
I mean, just just saw how he played in Houston. I don't care about his numbers, but just saw how he played against Houston, how aggressive he was against, you know, some straight tough players. Like it's some people that will back away from Houston players flat out. They're going to play physical. They're going to push you around and they're going to they're going to be in your face from the jump. And Dan Skillens didn't shy away. And that's what you want to see from your freshman that you have a lot of potential and a lot of hope for. And uh, he, he looked like he belonged on the court, man. That's what you want. He didn't look like he was a deer in the headlights. He might not have made all the right plays, per se, if you break down this game totally. But he, he looked like he belonged, man. Like, he wasn't a guy – I bet you Houston wanted to take him on the, on the, you know, on the plane ride back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, for real. Like, they were like, I can use this guy too. You know what I'm saying? Like, he all right with me. Like, he might have been like, I don't like you because you, you, you see, but I like you. You know what I mean? Like, one of them type of things. Because he – he brought it like he brought it. I think West didn't go to him enough in the second half, um, but it just was one of those things. We came out flat in the second half and it burnt him and uh, had a couple plays that I think could have changed the game. Like the, the pass that Dan Skillings made to Odie, that Odie had the controller freeze moment when he should have back dunked it or front dunked it. I think that that's two points off the board that I think would have brought fifth third to his feet. They were ready to rock in that play. Hurt him, and I think Houston ended up scoring on that off that play. I think Odie missed the shot, and then ended up scoring. So it was like a four point swing, and it was a big four point swing because the, the crowd wanted to go crazy. Anything they did, the crowd was ready. So it happened. Happened another play happened in the second half too with Odie, but um, not to pick on Odie because I love his energy, but he just had a couple plays where he just got to throw that thing down. He's too athletic to be trying to play around that rim. Like just go ahead and tear the rim off. Yeah, Neil, what stuck out to you? Yeah, I think what really stood out to me was something JT hit on was the turnovers. I mean, obviously, you come out 5 nothing to start the game, and then next thing you know, I think it was five straight possessions with the turnover. Three of those led to a four, well, led to a 14-2 to run to take a lead, and then Houston never looked back from there besides when it was tied 18-18. But then you look at those five possessions, the first three of those went 3-3 layup. So there's eight points right there off turnovers within the first three minutes. So that opening segment started very well and we saw it with the five point swing but you gotta gotta control the the ball there with a great team like Houston you can't get sloppy and I mean the points off turnovers really really stood out 26 to 4 as JT mentioned you cut that in half and I mean heck that's that is the ball game there so I think you limit that but Offensively for the Bearcats, Mike Adams-Woods has stood out to me quite a bit even before the Houston game. I mean, his Houston game, he had his best game of the performance with 19 points on 8 of 11 shooting, I believe. But something that Coach Miller said today, actually, in the press conference was teams are going to have to start learning to defend Mike Adams-Woods uh, just because of what he's able to do. He can score now. Uh and something coach really preached on was he's taking the right shots. He's making sure he's getting to take those good shots, not force anything up, play his game. But teams are going to have to really hone in on a guy like Micah Adams-Woods, along with David Julius, Landers Nolly. But Micah Adams-Woods is clearly what stood out to me as a player. I think he stepped in big time after Landers Nolly went for 12 in the team's first eight minutes there and then went ice cold, as JT mentioned. Uh in that situation, they they were doubling, they were sending doubles on everything, down low to uh, Landers, whether it was Landers in the post, Odie, they were sending doubles from the house. Jarese Walker was just everywhere. 
But defensively, I thought the Bearcats had their best runs in there when Dan Skillings and I'll say it when Kalu was on the court. When Kalu was on the court, you match the physicality that Houston brings. I mean, Kalu's 6'9, 240. And I thought I thought Kalu played very well on the defensive end. I mean, he matched the physicality, he slowed things down. But yeah, outside of that, those were two two really good players that stood out to me was Mike Adams Woods and Kalu Zepke on the defensive end. Yeah, so fellas, I, I want to touch on a couple things um, from this game. I, I'm super impressed with Houston's defense. And JT, I know you you've talked about it. you're impressed with Houston's defense as, as well. Yeah. I, I, I think right now, Houston's what? They're ranked number one in the country. Yeah. Yep. I, I don't think they're the number one team in the country when it's all said and done. And in our text chain, I was telling you guys, I think Arizona when it's all said and done, it, it is going to be the team that tears down the or cuts down the nets at the end of the day. But I was definitely impressed with Houston's uh, defense. Now, uh, one thing I was disappointed in, and listen, I, it's not a criticism, but I understand, was I thought our crowd was a little bit out of it. Um, and also the Bengals game, I think, affected that. A lot of people were at the Bengals games. There was empty seats that are normally filled in Fifth Third Arena. And it was like, the crowd just couldn't get over that hump. And I think there were a couple of reasons for that, but there was just such low energy at times in the, in the gym when I think those Bearcat players needed that energy from the crowd. Um, and the other thing too, like my, my buddy, uh, Brandon McIntosh went, went to the game with me and he was a high level division one player. And he said it over and over Houston just made tons of tough shots. I mean, the Bearcats' hands were in their face. They're fading away, step backs. They had a ton of tough shots. You got to give the Bearcats credit for contesting those shots. And sometimes if a, if a guy makes a, a tough shot, you just got to say, you know what, more power to you, man, and keep it moving. But I thought at times our defense was definitely solid. Um, now, a thing I was disappointed in on the Bearcats' side, and I, I told you guys this last podcast, in order for us to win that game, we needed the big three to play like the big three. Mm-hmm. We did not get that. I think at one point in the second half, it might have been with nine minutes to go, Vic and DeJulius combined only had four points. Yeah, yeah, that, that hurt. That hurt because it was like one of those games. It's like if DeJulius gets going, I think they win that game personally. Mm-hmm. And Vic, I think so. I think they win that game. I think. Because I think it allows Nolly not to go cold. You know what I mean? Or Because I feel like he didn't take any more threes in the second half. I think Houston did a good job of locating him. And uh, I think if if, Didi, if if Julius has like his normal 15 to 18 point game, I think I think Nat Lander scores about 15. To, well, he started with 12. He comes back, say if that last segment, Juice comes back and gets 8 to 10. I think that changes the whole trajectory of the game, because that because Vic didn't have a strong first half in the second late in the second half he started being way more aggressive, um, but I think Juice being off man it, it hurt it hurt hurt the Bearcats a ton because yeah, it just we, nobody expects that like not not that much even on an off night for Juice you think ten to ten to thirteen points and he had six so. And you lose by thirteen, right? Am I, am I calculating right? Thirteen lost by thirteen. Yeah, lost by thirteen. So yeah. you know, you think even on a bad night, Juice is getting ten to thirteen right there. He only had six. Uh, you know, even you know, as much as you know, JD only had two points. And you think even 
when JD's shooting bad shots after bad shot, you think he's going to get you six to 10 with quality minutes. You know what I mean? So that's just like, it hurt a lot, you know, and Vic didn't have his best game either. So it wasn't like his, his normal dominant game. Cause you know, Houston was pushing him off the, off the spot so much. And he even said he didn't at first half, he wasn't as aggressive as he should have been, but it just ended up hurting him, man. And Houston, they're going to be physical. They're going to push you out the spot. So I was like talking, saying like he has to kind of almost duck down into the middle of the post, let him push him to the block besides aiming for the block. And they're pushing him out to the mid range. You know what I mean? So it was one of those things where the Bearcats just, I mean, they had enough to keep it close early, but in the second half, they just didn't, they didn't come out with the energy that they needed as well. And then, you know, their best players didn't have their, their, their best games. They needed, those 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 games to remember to knock off a team at a caliber of Houston. Yeah, in, in order for us to beat teams at that level, all three of our bigs, our, our big guys, our big elite guys, just have to be productive, plain and simple. Vic, yep. Houston, Landers have to show up in order for us to win those games at Memphis, at Houston. We, they've got to play well. And it's just, yeah. it's just the makeup of, of this squad. In, in, in a game where we win the battle of the boards, yeah. I think, you know, we, we've lost some battles of the boards, like, really bad in the yep. pit. But we go in and out-rebound a team like Houston. Obviously, the turnovers hurt, losing that uh, turnover battle by 10. Um, yeah. But, yeah, props again to Micah Adam Woods for playing well and kind of finding his niche again. Um, and I'll tell you what, I'm still having nightmares of OD pump faking, like, three times when nobody was around. Man. <laughs> I was like, who are you? Well, yeah. Like the pass was so nice. He happened twice, man. It was like man. the controller moment. Because he dunks that. Was that when it was tight? Wasn't the 18 up? Um, yeah, there was one 18 up, and then there was one late in the second half, right? Yeah. In front of that, that one Neil's talking about, that one late in the second half, Neil, that was the killer because, like JT said earlier, that crowd was ready to explode. And that dunk would take us to that next level. Yeah. That was right after the 14 to 2 run to start the second half, and where they're starting to will that comeback and get in there a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. So you're listening to the Bearcat Tip Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Now, tonight, the Bearcats take on ECU at 9 p.m. in Fifth Third Arena. Now, we want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Now let's jump into the Big O segment, sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. Now in this segment, we cover players to watch and key matchups. JT, who from the Bearcats needs to play well and why? Juice, man. He he had a game big, you know, against number two team in the nation, but now number one and didn't have a game we would expect. So I think he's he's had a couple rough games, but he's, you know, he normally wills it, you know, and, and on was that Sunday he he could he didn't will it. So I I want him to have a big game, 15 to 18 points. He has been taking on the the main guy. He did make it harder for Sasser. Sasser normally kills us. He did have a spurt in the second half that was a little where he kind of took over a little bit, but normally Sasser is scoring like he's shooting like six or eight. Five threes. He didn't do that against us on on Sunday, so that's what made it was like made it made it seem attainable to win. 
But at the same time, he has to get his offense game going. So he's the guy I'm looking at. I want him to have like a 15 and five type of game and uh, get back rolling where he's uh, not, uh, you know, having having a down spell. So, you know, he's he's the key, one of the key guys, you know, one of the big three. So I want him, him to have a good game. And that's who, who I'm looking at right now. Now, Neil, ECU is 10 and seven right now. Who do we need to watch out for from the Pirates? Yeah, so ECU is uh, ten and seven on the season, as you mentioned. I mean, uh, they're very, uh, very young team. I mean, they're returning two point guards from a season ago who were freshmen, uh, who started to take that leap into year two, and that is starting with uh, Javon Small, who is the team's leading scorer, uh, who averages fifteen point four points per game, and he leads the team with ninety five assists on this on the season as well. And then you have point guard R.J. Felton, who's averaging 12 points per game while shooting 40% from the field. But another person that stands out to this team, I mean, Coach Miller emphasized on him, all three of these guys in his press conference today about what stood out about these guys on tape, is uh, Brandon Johnson forward, uh, shooting 50% of the field. He's averaging a double-double. And that's a player to keep an eye on. I mean, we see the physicality. I mean, he's averaging a double-double. Guys like that typically can make it difficult for the Bearcats, but uh, average, when you look down at the stat sheet and see somebody averaging 13 and 10, that's a pretty good game. So definitely have to keep an eye on a guy like Brandon Johnson. The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. Now, Neil, back to you again. What type of offense and defense should we look out for from ECU? Yeah, so offense, it's going to be typically ran out of those two guards with Brandon Johnson. They love to be physical. They love to get inside. Um, just about that, they really like to – they can shoot the ball as well. I mean, if you leave those two guys open, they, they'll knock down some shots and they'll make you pay. But defensively aspect, just like Houston, they're big and they're physical. Uh, they're going to play play tough, gritty basketball. I mean, we've seen it over the years. We saw it in the AAC tournament last year, the style of defense they play. Uh, they like to get right up in your face. They love to play lockdown, but – they aren't scared to shift it around a little bit, whether teams start to attack and really bust things open. They're not scared to adjust on a fly. And I think their head coach is doing a phenomenal job at turning that program around. But this ECU team is a whole different team from a season ago. I mean, you lose a guy like Tristan Newton to UConn, uh, who was their leading scorer from a season ago. So he's not in the picture anymore as he's at UConn. But overall, this team, don't be surprised if they come in here and try to get, get physical, get – right to the basket, make a run early, uh, knowing it's a 9 p.m. tip-off. They're, they're probably going to bring the energy and try to create some momentum early. The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services for friendly, expert tax advice whenever you need it. Come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit DonahueAccountingService.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxly. Now, this is the Kenyon segment sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. This is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? Got on mute, JT. All right, there we go. My bad. I thought I had it already out. But, uh, they got to take care of the ball, man. 17 turnovers. Their last game allowed 26 points. Now, ECU is nowhere near the team of Houston. Don't get me wrong. But 
You don't want those bad habits to happen at Houston to carry you over to ECU because if you do that, then you will be losing two in a row. And we don't want that against ECU because that's not a good loss. And you can kind of be pissed about the Houston loss, at, but at the end of the day, you, you can respect it because it is Houston. But you lose the ECU after losing the Temple, mm, that, don't, that don't smell too good. So you need, you need to protect the ball and shoot a little bit better, man. Um, overall, um, your big three has to come with it. I think that as a, as a group, they, I want them to shoot around 45%. You know, Big Vic is shooting great in the paint. Then I want, you know, Landers, Landers and Juice shoot more three. So combined, all three of them, I want them to be like between 44 and 45%. Uh, tonight and hopefully that's the case even if it's close to that if they protect the ball they should win we could talk about rebounding battles but I, I after losing the turnover battle by 10 and giving up that many points i'm just going to focus all my energy on turnovers and shooting a little bit better now neil what do the bearcats need to do to win big because i think this is a game that we can get back on track and win big yeah i think to win big it's got to start with what JT mentioned there, and that's protecting the ball. Uh, you can't have those 17 turnovers uh, compared to uh, Houston the other day, but this is a team that's only averaging roughly 10 turnovers a game. So if you can keep that number of turnovers under under 10, keep it in single digits, and then win the battle on the glass, I think that's what ultimately, ultimately what it's going to come down to uh, tomorrow or tonight. So, they got to win the battle of the glass, and they got to limit the turnover. So, got to protect the ball and have to. They have to f- continue to find a way to be uh, win the glass. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Now, fellas, I would like to see us really bounce back and win big and get some other guys involved. I think, Neil, you mentioned it earlier with Kalu. And I still say this. I still think Kalu can be valuable to this basketball team because he could bring a physical aspect. I mean, he's not going to score a bunch of points. Statistically, he might not jump out on the score um, card. But I think there's some things that he can do within the game, being physical, protecting the rim, rebounding, getting some tough defensive rebounds. I'd like to see a guy like Kalu get going a little bit because I think we're going to need him in conference play as we go further along. I mean, this is one of those games where, and I know I'm a little biased, but I'd love to see us get up big and get that walk-on in the game. And, you know, when the walk-on gets in the game, that means we're up big and the walk-on scores. Hopefully Chase gets in there and does that. But, um, you know, as the season goes a little further along, Wes is starting to figure out who from his bench can can be that guy or guys that get in and impact the game. And um, hopefully – some other guys start to step up and provide that spark. The Kenyon segment keys to the game is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You are listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Now, the Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. This is where we cover hot topics and i got a spicy one for us fellas it was popping all over twitter former bearcat joe huber gets into the transfer portal commits to wisconsin and in a recent article his father made some comments regarding cincinnati and more specifically clifton jt 
your thoughts on the dad's i can see you shaking your head already your thoughts on the dad's comments about clifton so i didn't like comment on twitter i heard he deactivated his account <laughs> so that tells you uh joe the father the father deactivated his account so i don't know if he's bringing it back up today but it's probably wise because i mean what he said to me it was like sour grapes for one like for one like no i'm not gonna slight the young man i know he, uh, at all like he was a walk-on started all the games last year but at the end of the day you see gave him an opportunity to showcase his talents and he chose to go on the portal maybe coaches he didn't fit with the coaches maybe he knew he was a better fit somewhere else whatever he went to wisconsin where fickle's at that's cool but to crap on the city of Cincinnati and Clifton area was, I thought that was kind of tasteless to me. Um, just because like where you're at, you're in an urban area that you have multiple hospitals, major hospitals saved. Um, DeMar Hamlin's life, one of the places that he might've heard a siren going to, you know, not last week, but you know, that's one of the best, you know, area like hospitals in the nation. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's ranked very high. Children's Hospital is ranked very high. So maybe him not doing his research and knowing the area. He might be from a suburb area where he's not used to that kind of stuff. And that's cool. But I think like the crap on you, crap on Clifton on his way out the door, if he felt that way, then why he even let his son come there, you know, in the first place? Um, but like Wisconsin is in the country. So it's like it's in the suburb. It ain't, it's not an urban area. So I don't know. I think it's kind of a backhanded shot um, at urban areas to me. You know what I mean? Because uh, Wisconsin damn sure ain't Clifton. And everybody knows that, you know, it's, you know, it's probably brothers that feel that way. That's on the team. I'm just here to play, but it ain't nothing to do. So it's different ways to look at it. But I just don't know. I think he could have he didn't have to crap on UC or Clifton area to say, hey, he wanted to go to Wisconsin from the jump. That's cool. Maybe he wanted to be a Big Ten player. And it didn't work out at first, and now he can do it. That's cool. I don't want everybody to, to shine, but I think the dad should have maybe just said no comment if he felt felt a certain way about Clifton in Cincinnati. Let me read you uh, the quote from the article when they asked Joe Huber's father about – actually, the question was, I believe, they asked him about Madison, Wisconsin, and he said, oh, my gosh, it's beautiful. Have you ever been to Cincinnati? I'm going to guess you haven't. It's an area of town called Clifton. While that area is nice, everything that surrounds it is not so nice. Here's something I noticed in my two days in Madison. I don't hear one gunshot or police siren. Those were nightly things. Not so much the gunshots, but the police sirens. I didn't hear that the entire time we were there. Neil, your thoughts? Yeah, so I mean, me being a... Uh, now graduate from the University of Cincinnati, I have never had a bad experience hanging out on campus and whatnot. But as JT mentioned, there is local hospitals right down the street with Cincinnati Children's. You also have UC Trauma Centers that just happen to be the best uh, hospital in the nation, as we've seen over the recent weeks, where they just saved DeMar Hamlin's life. So overall, the sirens, like, there's major hospitals all around that, all around that campus. But 
I know I've talked to Joe multiple times throughout the season this year. I mean, he went from a walk-on to starting this year. He's a very quiet kid, very quiet kid. I know when I had the chance to interview him one-on-one, he was very quiet, short answered, but he apologized for if it wasn't what he needed. He's a very soft-spoken guy. So maybe maybe it just wasn't something he was used to uh, being a campus guy. I mean, we've known from current players we've talked to, one of our guys, actually Joel DeBlanco, who we are all very close with. Uh, he's one of those guys who we know from talking to him. He's not one. He was never one to go out, go out and really experience the campus life. He's one of those guys who's never touched a sip of alcohol, gone to parties or anything like that. But when, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's gone to parties, but he hasn't drank if we remember right. But same kind of situation. Maybe he's just not into the scene around campus. Maybe he's not, not much to do, whether it's like bar scene or whatnot, but overall he's a soft-spoken guy. I mean, I think in the end, me personally, I think he did what was best for him. I mean, Fickle gave him the opportunity to really come in and start this year after he had a great relationship with Brady Collins transformed his body. I mean, he went from a walk on, I think he came in at like 260. They beefed him up to 310 and earned a spot to start this year. So overall, I mean, I can't blame the kid for going to Wisconsin, but overall, I mean, as JT mentioned, the comments, you probably, it probably could have been a little better just to keep no comment. But overall, I wish Joe nothing but the best for him. I mean, he was a great guy, great, did great things for this uh, program this year on and off the field. So I, I just got to say, I wish nothing but the best for Joe. The Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. Now, fellas, I didn't have a problem with his comments um, because, first of all, hey, here's why I don't – well, of course, you know, I love Cincinnati. <laughs> I love Clifton. So, but, but the reason I didn't have a problem with his comments is because I, I felt like he was directing that comment at someone or a group of people. Who that is, I have no idea. But it was like, like, like JT said, sour grapes, and he was like taking a shot that that was directed at someone. So, and we all know. I mean, listen, I love Clifton. It, Clifton has flavor, man. It has swag. It also has some grit. And if if I have a son or daughter growing up, I want them to be in an environment like a Clifton. That's diverse in experiences, right? Because that's real life. That's the real world, folks. Like Madison is not the real world. It's a small, you know, it's a small <laughs> part, right? Yeah, Clifton, for sure. Clifton is more like the real world. There's spots that are great, spots that are a little bit, you know, you gotta watch. Yeah, you got yeah, you gotta look around. Sometimes you gotta look around. I ain't <laughs> you, know, you want your, you know, you want your son or daughter to grow up and and not only be you know, book smart, but you want them to be street smart, sure. right? You need to know how to navigate through, especially now in 2023, you've got to navigate through the streets and, and life's about relationships and people. And I think, you know, Clifton helps you with it. I, I, I tell you, my time as a Bearcat in Clifton was amazing. I absolutely loved my time in Clifton. I have nothing, nothing bad to say about it. Um, and listen, UC is a city school. Yeah, right, it's a city school. It's a city school. Um, UC is a very unique school. Clifton is a unique town. Cincinnati is a great city to be born and raised in. Period. 
We all know that. So Joe's dad is saying that to take a shot at somebody. So yeah, it must be. It gotta be, man. That's the only thing I can think of. It has to be. It gotta be. But I hope. I mean, I don't know. He almost should have said a name. Put put a name on it. Damn there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, cause you got people up in an uproar. Like nobody ever said anything. But like, I want Joe. I want Joe to do well. Like I don't. I don't. I don't want any man that transfers. You go. Go. Makes the most sense for you. I, I'll, I'm always pro player. Unless you did some crazy stuff, but if you just yeah, you think you got a better opportunity, I do your do your thing. Um, much success to him. Like, I have no beef with the young man. I just feel like the father, like me having to navigate this stuff. Like if I said something, then it's, I don't know. I probably would put something on it. You know what I mean? Like if that's me, like it, it might be wrong, but at the same time, but like he kind of took a shot at an area. Like you know what I mean? Like JT, you can kind of underline, and it could have some underlying tone. You could take it an underlying tone too, because it's in, in, in Clifton. Here's and in the areas around it, what's what's around what's around Clifton? JT, you know what I'm JT, JT, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta say this though. You you talking about him putting a name on it, but here, here's my problem with all that. The dad is saying this that makes the it makes the it puts the kid in a bad position. Yeah, right. But you, shouldn't even, you shouldn't even make that comment. That's the thing. Put your kid in a bad because like the kid has anything, right? Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like even him making that comment he made. It's bad for the kid to me because now everybody's talking about this young man. Then it's gonna be people that's it's gonna be people that's gonna be on this side of the fence, and then whenever he does something wrong, people are gonna be like dog and Joe Huber, and that that shouldn't be the case, you know what I mean? But now it's like because his dad went ahead and said something about an area that people are in this, you know, that went to UC know about the area, people will live there, you know, it's near and dear to them, so they're gonna be a little pissed about, it, especially you on the way out the door. And you say that, and then if you think about it, like around like outside of Clifton, you're around a lot of urban. It's predominantly black in those areas too. So you could take it, a, you could take it somewhere else if you want. Yeah, and that's that's where I'm trying to do this in general. But you could take it there because around there you got Avondale, you got you know what I mean. Like all these areas are, are predominantly black. So it's like, what are you trying to say? You know what I'm saying? Like you got over the Rhine, stuff like that, and that's kind of you know turned or turned a corner in the last 10 years of course but at the same time it's still predominantly black um and you could take it a certain way you could definitely take it a certain way so it, it just depends man like we're like i me personally I'm like who who are you talking about so that's me that's how i look at it that's why i didn't say anything on twitter i'm just let, I let everybody else kind of do anything i'm like whatever it don't really i mean i cover a team so but it's like uh eh, you kind of I don't know. Kind of has some underlying tones. I wonder who he's talking about. I'd rather him put. That's why I'd rather him put a name on it because it's more like he could take it. Like is he kind of shooting race thing at that? You know what I mean? I don't know. It's kind of weird to me. So yeah, I but don't, it is what it is. I don't know, and I don't want to put that on the. On yeah. The, my 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 only problem, like I said, I don't have a problem with the comments because I don't believe he. I mean, I I personally believe it's a shot at somebody, and he's not doesn't necessarily probably mean that but maybe he does who knows but yeah my problem with it is now you put joe in a tough position because he's from dublin ohio right yeah, so yeah, yeah he's gonna be back in this area and what if he comes back to cincinnati what if what if he's got some friends in clifton he comes yeah. back. people are gonna be coming at him and maybe I, like look my dad said that i didn't say yeah that. yeah because his dad said something now now listen another part about we don't know Maybe Joe yeah. expressed some frustrations to his dad. Maybe he had some experiences in yeah. Yeah, it could, yeah. venting for him. We don't we don't know. Yeah, true. 
you just hate for if, in fact, the kid doesn't feel a certain way, if he's now put in that position, that's, that's tough for the young man. So, like, yeah, for sure. I think, like we said, we 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 wish him we wish him well, and we're gonna move on as a as a football program. That's for sure. Yeah. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Ninety Three Ways to Mentor. Ninety Three Ways to Mentor is a five hundred one c three nonprofit organization that specializes in empowering youth in the greater Cincinnati area through mentoring, therapy, education, and financial support. To support, visit the website ninety three ways to mentor dot com or contact. Derek Adams at 513-310-1715. Now, fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Taxley, Donahue Accounting Services, Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota, and 93 Ways to Mentor. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Mio's Pizzeria at 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Mio's for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Now, I will be at Mio's tonight from 7 to 8 p.m. with Bearcat legend Lenny Stokes. So make sure everybody comes out, checks that out. He's going to be telling some great stories. The Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast is presented by Tax League. Tax League offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Tax League show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit taxly.com to learn more. Now, we will be back with another new episode on January 14th at 10 a.m. previewing the SMU game. Uh, fellas, will you be at the game tonight? Yes, sir. Yes, the late sir. night game, JT. I know, man. It actually works out. So I got to see. works out for me. Boy plays at, at Mason, so I got to see if, if I can make it out there and then get back. But the nine o'clock help though. So now, not- quick, quickly, I want to I want to touch on a couple things before we before we sign off here. Um, Neil, you can piggyback this. JT was wearing black at the blackout game versus Houston. Yes, he was. He indeed was wearing the black, uh, matching the theme. I see you yep. repping, JT. Yep, yep. Black sixes too, man. Black was all black, man. Black jeans, black sixes. I like it. I like yep, it. Yep. Yep. Uh, Neil, oh, yeah, and let me give a shout out to my man, my man, uh, Mr. Morgan, man, uh, Andre Morgan's father met his family. Great <laughs> guy, great guy. So, I just wanted to give him a shout out. He said he checked out the pod, and tell I appreciate you, it, man. You guys set up, tell everybody who that is to tell him Andre. And I get I, Andre Morgan is assistant coach on West Miller staff, and his father comes to a lot of the games. Um, they're from the Atlanta area. And he told me to my face that he checked out the pod. Like he like called me out on something. He was like, "Nah, you're telling the truth." <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, oh snap!" He was Good. like, "Man, I listen to it all the time." We had like, a great uh, conversation with him. Oh uh, yeah. Throughout the game, after the game, before the uh, game, yeah. overall yeah. conversation. Very nice guy. Very, yeah. Really Super appreciate cool, him dude. checking out the podcast and uh, definitely but, look forward to uh, more conversations with him as the season uh, goes on. But, for sure, man. For sure. Great dude. So I just want to give him a shout out. He said he checks us out. Like he literally gave me my breakdown <laughs> like on on Sunday. I was like, oh, snap. Like he, people listening. You know what I mean? I know people are listening, but it was just kind of cool that he'd be, he was like, look, man. I, yeah, I, I totally agree. But it just like caught me out of nowhere. And then we just formally introduced each other ourselves. And he was like, yeah, man, I check it out all the time, man. So 
that was pretty dope to see like somebody like that you know somebody that's on his staff's family is listening to our pod so that's pretty dope yeah yeah no that's that's good stuff people are listening um neil can you talk a little bit about the area that you guys sit in with the media there was also a lot of nba scouts there yeah so we sit i believe it's section 119 at all the desks and whatnot so uh, me and JT are usually front and center, front row, uh, right behind uh, Coach Morgan's family, Coach Rayfeld's family, all the coaches' family. Uh, but for Sunday's game, uh, behind us, there was up to, I believe the total number was 15 NBA scouts in attendance there. So we had a couple of them behind us. So uh, we didn't. I didn't get to talk to many of them personally, or if so, any. I don't believe I talked to any of them. But overall, there was 15 scouts in attendance there on Sunday. Yeah. And Neil, there were also some recruits in the house. Yes, sir. Some big time recruits. Okay, you gotta give you gotta give a shout out. You froze up. moment. Yeah, man, I'm lobbing up for <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, shout out to Flory Badunga, the number four player in the class of 2024, was in the building. Uh, point guard Tyler Perry uh, in the class of 2024. Uh, point guard from right across the river in Kentucky. And then you also had to uh, give a big shout out to Rally Burgess, a local Cincinnati kid and a big man out of Sycamore High School. Yep, my guy RB. Uh, Rally started in uh, my AU program. He's now playing for Indiana Elite. So Rally's a uh, he's an incredible kid, very smart kid. Uh, mom's great people. Um, so I hope one day he could be a Bearcat. We will see how that will work out. Hey, real quick, JT. What what are you that that glass you just had? I know people out there can't see. What what's in that glass? You were drinking? Oh, that glass. Oh man. Uh <laughs> just some coke and vodka. <laughs> <laughs> you hey. And I, I know we always joke about Neil being young, but I know Neil's too young for this, but when you took a sip of that, it looked like back in the day those old like 90s like murder mysteries like murder she wrote <laughs> like when they they always had like liquor whenever they would have a meeting they would pour like scotch and they were sipping and you sipped that like it was like the 90s and you about to solve a murder mystery bro yeah what are we doing man we solve we solving the solving the bear catch problems one pot at a time <laughs> <laughs> I wish people could have saw you sipping on it. I was like, that's got to. And you stirred it, too. I was like, that's got to be some whiskey. He has has it with him every episode, but tonight's just the first one that you noticed. Oh, he sipped it before? (laughs) He's got his cup with him. Yeah, I only have it. But last last Sunday, I didn't have any. But that was Saturday, so it was too early for that. Nighttime, (laughs) you got to relax, man. Kids been ripping and running. My kid had a game. They got smoked today. (laughs) we got smoke today you know i had basketball practice so that game basketball practice pod busy yeah man you know gotta keep it going you know it's mass matt a lot of articles on the front office news right now me and me and neil been pumping out a lot of stuff people catch up on so it's probably like seven articles from the day man Hey, well, you got press conferences as well yeah like he'll hit two press conferences was what Introduced uh, everybody on the on the football team, the football coaches for the most part. Then then Wes had a presser. Then we talked to Jabon Briggs as well. So five total, five total pressers on the day. Yeah, man, a lot of yeah. things popping. Like I said uh, last episode, man, Cincinnati sports is jumping <laughs> right now with the Bengals 
doing what they do. And, yeah. you know, Xavier's obviously playing well. And Bearcat football, so much news with staff, uh, you know, getting these guys out the portal. Recruiting. Yeah. Every time I get on Twitter, it's like a new – <laughs> I'm like, I can't even keep trying. I need a spreadsheet. Uh, break, break <laughs> you guys yeah, give me like a full full breakdown, but uh, yeah, well, everything's uh, trending in the right direction, man. And hopefully, the uh, Bearcats can take care of business and beat uh, ECU. And we want to thank everyone for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Go Bearcats! <laughs>